welcome to the HJ Talks About Abuse podcast, the podcast where we talk about sexual abuse cases in the hope that it will assist listeners in openly discussing topics which have been ignored for too long. This podcast is brought to you by the abuse team at Hugh James. We are lawyers, so we tend to speak about the legal aspects of abuse cases, but we aren't too shy to speak up about the broader issues faced by survivors of sexual abuse too. We hope that you find it interesting, but more than that, if you are a survivor of sexual abuse, we hope that you find our discussion empowering. Hello, podcast listeners, and welcome to our podcast, HJ Talks About Abuse. I'm Danielle Vincent, the senior associate in the team, and today I am joined by Hannah. Hi, Hannah. Hi, Danny. So today we are going to be talking about sexual abuse in general. So this is just a trigger warning for anyone that may find this upsetting to perhaps go and have a cup of tea and join us at another point for a different podcast. But hopefully if you're still with us, we are going to be talking about an article that I saw the other day on the BBC website, which was headlined, abused gay men don't see that they are victims. And so I forwarded this to the team and I thought this would be something just for us to talk about because we talk a lot about different things in the press and different dramas and series and things that come out. But there hasn't been very much, especially in respect of studies on same sex relationships and sexual assaults in that area. Yeah, so this was a an article from the BBC. And yeah, as you said, Dana, we thought this would be a really good topic to talk about, purely to raise awareness of the topic, which I think we said as a team really does need to be out there and spoken about more. Because for some reason, there is a stigma around men and same-sex couples coming forward when they are victims of abuse and it's something that I think we need to change and I know we've definitely seen that with a lot of our own male clients they tend to come forward a lot later on in life and it's it's actually really sad when you think about it that you know they don't feel like they can come forward why is that yeah I think you're you're very right so I would say in in my experience, when we have clients that that come to us for legal advice, men of of whatever sexual orientation come to us a lot later in life, whether that be in the 40s, 50s, 60s. And with that has been a pattern that it's likely at that point we are possibly the first people that they've disclosed to or that they've seen something in the media or somebody's talked to them. And it's at that point that they've disclosed. But often there's therefore been decades where there hasn't been any disclosure and it's not to generalize but my experience is women sometimes seek therapy earlier or or go to their GP or or discuss this with a close person in their life and, and will come to us or to the police for example earlier and that that is a difficulty because men do seem to in in my experience and studies show not want to talk to people about the experience that has happened to them and as you say there there's a lot of stigma around reporting of abuse and disclosing and worry that you know they're either going to be blamed or something like that which is is wrong but you can see why that is the case and why people feel like that but this headline was different in respect as it was looking at specifically same-sex couples and and the focus of the article if anyone wants to read about it is actually couples in relationships and in regards to violence 
But there is something in this that was talking about when people realise they've been sexually assaulted and that perhaps some people in certain types of relationships or, you know, how they're living their life wouldn't deem what's happened to them as sexual assault, whereas we would and, and the police would, but, but they wouldn't see it as the same. And that so actually there could be much, much higher statistics of sexual assault amongst gay men than, than what is one reported and two, sadly, what people would actually realise that's happened to them. Yeah, and I think with men especially, there's a lot of misconceptions on masculinity and them not seeing themselves as objects of abuse, which is just completely wrong and I know there's a lot of stigma in general about men speaking up and being able to be vulnerable and and speak about bad things that have happened to them and I don't know maybe if it's the case of there's not enough support out there for them or a lack of like specialised support I don't know. Well the thing with when anything becomes in it comes into the press for example it raises awareness so when articles like this are, are written I, I always do think it's a, it's a positive because somebody may read this article and think oh okay this is this is happening or change their opinion or maybe realise something has happened to them and come forward and a long time ago, we did a podcast about the drama that came forward, which was called Four Lives, which was a, a true story about somebody that murdered a number of boys. And this happened in the 90s, I think. And the point of me telling our podcast listeners this is that at the time, these relationships were same-sex male relationships and the police just failed to investigate. There were four young men that, that died very suspiciously. And after this came out, it was a drama that had Sheridan Smith, so a lot of big names. So it was on primetime TV. I think there was a threefold increase of, of men in um, the age category, I think it was 16 up to about 30, that were disclosing abuse. Now, it's awful to think that actually this is happening a lot more than we have statistics and we realise but it's very encouraging that people have seen something and thought this is giving me the strength and the courage to come out and talk about it. Because one thing as a team we always talk about is that if people don't come forward, one, they're going to suffer in, in silence potentially, but also it allows abuse to continue behind closed doors. Yeah, and just to add to that, I mean, the expert on who's featured in this BBC article, you know, he says that part of the problem is that the lives of gay men has been overly sexualized, hypersexualized that he actually put in the article. And, you know, feeling empowered by sexuality is is fine, but it, it can create a dynamic where they're not sure whether they're having sex when they want to. And I know actually a victim who was part of this article did say that he was like allowing himself to be abused because he felt like he had to be available to that person. So as you said, Danny, it's it's really good that more awareness has been brought out in, in documentaries and dramas to actually help people realise that it's it's not okay and they are they should be coming forward and they're completely entitled to be coming forward. They they shouldn't be being abused like this. And it's important to say actually as well is when articles like this come out, 
It's very good because normally it signposts either support groups or different organisations that that offer further assistance to any individual. You, you know, this podcast is not directly aimed at men, women, non-binary, whatever you associate yourself with. It's about talking about all sorts of sexual assault, sexual abuse, what is deemed as assaults and you know people going forward thinking about reporting disclosing and seeking help and that there are a hell of a lot of support lines out there and it just means as well that I think the more that people talk about it and especially when it's hitting headlines like this that it has to be looked into whether that is by MPs looking at changes in legislation or police forces targeting what sort of work they're doing or even ourselves, what we're talking about, the media, what they're focusing on. So, yeah, I completely agree. And I really hope that, um, you know, just sparking the conversation and, and raising more awareness through things like this podcast and the BBC article will encourage people to come forward and you know just to reinforce the point that there's absolutely no shame coming forward when you've been a victim of abuse there's there's no shame at all. Yeah and, and as as we've said this is not just targeted at sexual abuse this is domestic abuse you know emotional abuse all the types of things that people suffer at w- which they shouldn't be which is unacceptable in a relationship or in wider society so if this podcast has affected you in any way, that there's lots of support services out there. We often link them on our website as well. And if anyone has any comments about this podcast or would like to get in touch with us, by all means, please do. And again, if you have any ideas for any future podcasts, by all means, do contact us because we like to hear from them. But thank you very much for your time, Hannah. That was really good. And we look forward to having you all back again, podcast listeners. Thanks, Danny. Thanks, listeners. Thank you for listening to this episode of HJ Talks About Abuse. You can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or your favourite podcast player. If you'd like to speak to us about something you've heard today, we'd love to hear from you. Email us at aboutabuse at hjtalks.co.uk.